Greetings, Sitwits. It's your regular host, Chris Chavez, here with a little bit of a special announcement. This is one of two little mini podcasts that we're going to do this week as we get back into the swing of things with the show. I was on a little bit of a hiatus focusing on my own race at the Berlin Marathon. It went well. I'm happy to report I threw down a nice big PR. Now I've got a couple weeks to recover for the New York City Marathon where I'm going to be running with a best friend of mine. Uh, So this is going to be a special episode. This is about 20 minutes with Chris Derrick, who will be making his marathon debut this weekend in Chicago. So our very own Scott Olberding, who actually lives with Chris, uh, got a chance to sit down with him on Wednesday night to chat about Chris's, you know, mindset before the race and some of the preparation that went into the training for his big 26.2 mile debut. So without further ado, I'm going to toss it to Scott and Chris for Late Night with Chris Derrick. Enjoy. Okay. My name's Scott. I'm one of the writers or contributors at Sidious, and and uh, I'm here with Chris Derrick, who is making his marathon debut this weekend in his hometown-ish of Chicago. Yeah, 45-ish miles away. <laughs> it's fine. I tell people Chicago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're excited. Chris is excited. He's been training a lot. Seat appears to be ready to go for all intents and purposes. Um, yeah, do you want to give us like a, a quick 30 seconds on how you're feeling and where your headspace is at? Thank you for that specific question, Scott. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm excited. Uh, as Tom Petty, may the rest in peace, said, you know, the waiting is the hardest part. So mm. we're getting down to that time now. The training. Went really well, uh, at least like a lot, you know, for the most part, and feel like things were really ready to go. Started to feel really ready to go, like two or less, like ten days ago, okay. um, which is kind of when we wanted it to feel good. And so now I'm just trying to, I don't know, not mess it up, get to the race. Yeah, that's generally the plan is to don't overcook your goose to not mess it up. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm going to pull up some questions here we got from some readers. Okay. And if you're following along, you can type in a question, and we might ask Chris if it's uh, if it's a good one. Okay. No guarantees. Um, let's go. What's one thing you do in your training that you think others don't? It should start. This is, this is like coming off the bat with like a yeah. What what, what do what I do? That's that's important. What is like, the what is the secret? Oh yeah. What is the secret? Um, what is your secret? Uh, well, you should buy Nike products. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's a good one to start with. Uh, I don't know. I think like the story I always tell people is that um. When I was in high school, we I had like a really good coach, Paul Vanderstein, the Pagata High School. Shout out Wildcats. Cool but, Wildcats. Uh, we used to do like 1,200 repeats over the summer with like a minute rest on the grass. And we would do maybe like, most of the time about about eight. Sometimes we'd go up to 10, which is like a, a lot. Mm-hmm. But you kind of like work up to that over your years or whatever. And I came to Jerry's group and it was like, oh yeah, all fall we just do like 
mile repeats on the grass with 90 seconds rest at like tempo pace, work up to like 10. It's like, this is garbage. Like, <laughs> I, I knew this in high school. This is what my coach was doing in high school. He just ripped off Paul Anderson. And okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like, I feel like one thing more people could do is like, some, maybe some pre-run activations or just like a better routine. Like, you should have a better routine of uh, like pre-run stuff. Yeah. Um, especially like people who sit all day because mm-hmm. like going straight from that into running can be tough. And as to like what you should do, um, I'm sure you can find some stuff out there. We don't really have the time. Sure. For all of the things that I, all the exercises I've acquired over the years, but I saw a good thing in an article uh, that Steve Magnus posted yes, yesterday that was like, uh, simple is better than optimal for a lot of things. Cause you can just yeah. repeat it day after day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You should probably like run a decent amount and do tempo workouts and uh, have a routine before you run. That's how you get good at running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Hitting the, hitting the workouts you need to when you need to versus like training like a madman all the time. Yeah, listen to your coach. That's what most people don't do, but they should do. Yeah, you should listen to your coach. Interesting. Mm. I feel like a lot of coaches are crazy, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but at least they have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's crazy. He's got a plan. Okay. All right. Um, oh, man. Speaking of Jerry, this one's from Sam Agnew. Without giving away too many secrets, what's Jerry's philosophy for the marathon? What kind of mileage, um, long run distance, key workouts? You're not, you're not he, wants it, he wants it all. Yeah, he wants it all, but you don't have to give it. I mean, I mean Jerry doesn't really know how the internet works, so as long as you guys just don't <laughs> post this somewhere. As long as the sun doesn't find out. Yeah, as long as you don't like write it down anywhere, uh, we'll be fine. Uh, Jerry, I don't know, Jerry believes in like volume, like a decent amount of volume. He only does, you only do like two workouts a week and one of those is the long run. So that's different than what most people do. Um, so basically work out, do like strides on Tuesday, work out Thursday, and that's usually between five and nine miles at between 10K and half marathon pace. And then long run on Sunday and I don't know, he doesn't really, he generally goes like pretty long, usually at least like 2.15. Um, and those are, I don't know, just like pretty basic. And then, you know, at the end, like the last like five weeks to a month or so, throws some like more specific, like the long runs incorporate more specific running. Do you think, do you think that like 2.15 or two hour or 2.20 barriers like more, is more focused on the distance that you are able to run that amount of time, or is it, or is it like, you know, this is this is about the, the time that, you know, you're going to be out there for the marathon. I think it's more about the time. So I think the women go a little further. Okay. Okay. Uh, or I think I think so. I don't really know. I'm certain actually. But uh, yeah, I think generally they do a, a little, a few more minutes or whatever. Okay. But uh, obviously, there's limits to that because you shouldn't run three hours every week. Yeah, that would be bad. Don't run. Don't run more than. Listen to your coach. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> to answer JT's question, I'll get back to you. I gotta figure it out with Sarah. There's other variables involved. Okay. I want to. JT, he might he might be visiting. He wants to know. 
they'll text you or call you about it. Um, here's a, here's one from Miles. What's your goal on Sunday? And having having met a pacer for break two, are you now looking to show up, Elliot? Oh, I have another question too after this. Shout, about sh- shout out Miles, who's uh, in my fantasy football league, Stanford. Um, Miles, your team's garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just want to like mainly, kind of like want to mix it up. The pace is moderate and not totally blow up the last 10K. I think it's hard to predict in the first marathon. I think if I, a training indicates one, you know, set of times or whatever, but that's not quite as guaranteed without the experience. So sure. Um, it's probably more variability in the first one. Yeah. I just want to like not, uh, you know, not, not do anything entirely stupid. So mm-hmm. not run it, go out in like 6330 or anything. And then, uh, not, not die at the end. Hopefully nothing over, not, hopefully no miles over 510. That's the main goal. That'd be good. Well, that puts you at like two, <laughs> two, 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 five minute pace is 211. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's probably about as specific as you can get, honestly. You know, you could throw a time out there, but then that's just like, yeah, it's kind of pointless. Someone's going to be disappointed. <laughs> Someone's going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully the pack is just like feeling a nice 65 minute first half and I can get in there and then just try not to die. That'd be good. Uh, follow-up, someone had this question. It was about Elliot, which Kipchoge, which you didn't touch on, but that's fine. If oh, yeah. he no, saw... No, that's no question. <laughs> if Elliot saw you on the street, would he recognize you? Ooh. Uh, probably not. He's he, a nice guy. He might think that I'm Kyle's Birmingham. Okay. Like, he probably just thinks that Kyle's and I are the same person. Sure. I would guess. But, uh... He would definitely pretend if I went up to him. Mm. He seems like that kind of guy. Yeah. Or yeah. like people come up to him all the time and, and they're yeah, like, in like the cat, in like the area where we're like eating and stuff, you know, for that, he kind of was like walking into the room and like, I was just very clearly like looking at him <laughs> and he was just like, gave me like the, the wave and the smile, the small <laughs> smile of the like, Oh yes, I know. Like I vaguely know you. Yeah. He probably thought he did vaguely, like he was supposed to know me. Yeah. So then like, yeah. So he would definitely pretend. He seems like a real Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Me, I, I, the, there, there. His agents afterwards were like, "Oh yeah, you guys did a great job." Like, you might, you might need you in the future. To which I said, "Talk to my agent." Talk to what I said. I have an agent too. Price is right. Yeah. Um. Oh, here's a good one. This one's from uh, Sidious editor contributor Ryan Sterner. Who may or may not, he's lives in LA, so it might be too cool for like Facebook Live. But yeah, yeah. his question is, uh, do you know that there's a guy on Colorado's team named Chris Herrick? Yeah. No, I'm not. Is, that, is he any good? Yeah. Colorado would be pretty good. Yeah. Or is that like, yeah. like one month, so yeah. Okay. You could be bad at being in college. There's some kids <laughs> there. I confess. I that. Bad <laughs> <laughs> you would be a good high school guy. You'd be bad. Okay. But you don't know about Chris Eric. I don't know about Chris Eric. Okay. Uh, I'll have to follow him with interest now. It sounds like Dark Merrick. Which, like, it's kind of like a spinoff of yeah. your, your brother's moniker. But Yeah, he, he better not let me down. That's the real thing. Yeah. I mean, now people are going to make these 
tens of people that are watching this are going to make the connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we're getting like, we might come back to the marathon, but we got some pretty good like personal questions. Not like personal, personal, but silly questions. Uh, this is from Sam Parsons. Okay. I know you're a big Game of Thrones junkie. Who do you think will be sitting on the Iron Throne at the end of the next season? Probably Danny King. No, that's not true. See, this is no fun because Scott just started watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, I've totally just started watching I'm on, the show. I'm on episode four, season can, one. Can you believe that? The Lannisters are they're, they're not very nice, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, they're generally considered bad. Yeah. That continues for some Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, this is tough. I would have, I mean, uh, a season ago, I would have said Daenerys 100%. And now I feel like there's a, a possible Jon Snow uh, sleeper pick there. Mm. Um, he doesn't want it. He would be like a bad king. Like he's kind of like, Scott, you don't know this. Just, it's fine. But uh, yeah, he's too good of a, he's like a good person, but makes terrible decisions. So mm. ideally it should be Daenerys, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Daenerys is like she's like minus two hundred, and John's maybe you know John's like plus one fifty at this point, plus three hundred. Okay, plus three hundred. That's pretty. Yeah. Shout out to Josh Malway, Nico Valley High School right there. Oh yeah, he wants a wave at mile eleven. He'll be on the horse. Do you know what mile eleven is? About uh, I assume it'll be a sign. Okay, <laughs> there are usually signs by like Goose Station as well. Uh, I hope that I feel good enough at mile eleven that to wait. If I can't, it's gonna be it's gonna be I'm gonna be in trouble. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be fine. It'll be a bad day if I can't wait at mile. Um. Okay, we're 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 going through the questions here, trying to pick some good ones. Um, have you come to grips with how far the marathon is yet, or do you think it's like gonna be it? in the moment, like, experience? Uh, I mean, I've run, like, 25 miles a couple times in practice. Because I think it's actually, it feels like less when you're racing. That's good to know. I mean. But I think, I feel like I've run, I've run, like, 18 to 20 miles, like, pretty hard. And I feel like there's just no way to experience, I mean, you're a really experienced one. But I feel like there's no way to experience those last 10K, last six miles. Yeah. Without having done it. And I feel like that's going to be the really brutal part. Because mm -hmm. I've run like 18 miles and felt like that wasn't so bad. Yeah. And I feel like that's when it gets really bad. Right about there. I feel like you, like running with other people or having a slight distraction kind of helps. Or where like, I remember when, like at a certain point, Elliot told me just to stop looking at my watch. And just don't worry about your splits and just kind of try and... Find, find something else to think about. I mean, you don't have to like completely, obviously you have to be making decisions, but, but like every like mile looking at your split and like counting down every mile is, it gets a bit like. See, I find, I find uh, running, I find running or looking at the splits is like, I forget what I'm like, what mile I'm on. I just think about hitting the next split. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, Will you be wearing GPS watch or just regular watch? Just a regular watch. I, mean, well, I have a GPS watch is the only watch I have, so okay. I'm going to wear that. 
So, the, so yes. So yes. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to check to make sure the course is out. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's usually, it's usually long on the watch, I think. Let's say 26 and a half or something. You'll find out. Um, yeah, we got like five more minutes. If anyone else has any other questions, we fire off. Might have a couple more on the bank here. Um, this one's from Aisha. Has your pancake recipe changed to reflect the new demands in your marathon build-up? Uh, it's changed, but more uh, for personal taste. Mm. Started rolling with the buttermilk instead of just the regular milk. Less healthy, but more delicious. That's sometimes a good compromise yeah. to make. Um, we, had a couple, we had a couple Twitter submissions as well, if I can find some. We're going to end up on like some moments thing. Here we go. Sure. Zachary wants to know if we did any glycogen depletion training. Oh, wow. Very specific. Uh, yeah. No, we didn't do any of the like long or fast long runs or anything. Um, we ran, we did some like faster, just like regular runs, but more focused on uh, trying to train the body to absorb the, the calories than the depletion element. Yeah. Super dialed on fuel. Hopefully. Yeah. I would bring the scales, multiple scales. I know, I notice. Yeah. I wake up. The scale scale in the bathroom. <laughs> scale on the bathroom's gone and the coffee scale is gone. You gotta weigh yourself before and after, so you see how much fluid is also you gotta weigh your bottle to see how many how much you drink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, it seems to make sense. Um Chavez wants me to ask the Galen one. The Galen one. Uh won't be controversial at all. Do you no, it's not. Don't worry about it. Do you know your career record against Galen? Yeah, it's oh it's something. It's always, <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, um, it's, it's own 17. 17? Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember, he got me like nine times when he was 23 and I was 18. That's fair. Freshman year. You were a, a young 18, too. We were in the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first time, yeah, I guess conference, regionals, nationals. Two NCAA races. Yeah. A con another conference race. Mm hmm Two well, I just one NCAA race. Then all freshman year. Just yeah. taking you to the woodshed. Yeah. I think you'd be by for a minute across multiple times. That's not. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, you were also top ten every time, so it's not a bad barrier. Yeah, he was really good. Mm hmm Um, I think the only time I ever really got close was Prefontaine. Uh, 2013. I passed him with 250 to go because he went for it hard. And then I think he looked over at me. Was like, I watched the video. Like, he, I got to get out. And he was just like, <laughs> you can see him like put his like kind of put his head down. Like, oh fuck, I got out of this. It's got a reputation. Okay. Yeah, he came out of 50 to go. Okay, from my heart. So, were you like guns blazing at that point? You had nothing. I, I I was putting everything ahead. Okay. Of it. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to beat Ritz. That, that'd be sweet. I beat him there. You beat him? I beat Ritz. Yeah. Um, that was a question. Yeah. Okay. He, he got older. Yeah. He's still really good. Yeah, he's good. Um, do you wish... Two-part two question. Do you wish you would have gone to the marathon sooner? Uh, well, I tried. and got hurt. So, no. Oh, yeah. You were no, I don't wish I did that because I got hurt. Yeah. yeah that was bad. 
Yeah. I, I go take that back. Like, really? Well, I mean, I, no. Well, like, what, what, what if, what if you? Knowing knowing what yeah, I know. But what if you didn't get hurt? Was uh, that the right time? Yeah, I think. Uh, no, it wasn't the right time because I haven't heard the previous year too. That's true. And I think from what I've been told, I don't know anything. It's my first one, but from what I've been told, the previous eighteen months mattered more than the previous three. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't think mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I was. I think my previous year had been shoddy, and that's not a good way to approach. Yeah, you kind of want like you want that not even like from the aerobic base, but just from a you want to be able to because you got to do some big workouts, and so you just need to be pretty sure of your body, yeah. your body's ability to stay healthy. And the second part, were you like super psyched about it being Chicago? Yeah, the debut. Or like, was there some kind of decision making, like maybe like Berlin or Frankfurt or somewhere like fall, uh, New York? I mean, I think the Chicago. There's a question on earlier. It's like who's the most influential person? Oh yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and I mean that's definitely got to be my high school coach, Paul Anderson. Okay. Um, I came. I started running the summer before my freshman year. I had run like six thirty-five in the gym mile as an eighth grader. So I was not a stellar athlete, but uh, and there's 130 guys in my cross country team, 4,000 kids in my high school. And Coach Vanerji made me feel special. I was in like the fourth group in the summer camp, so like I wasn't that good, but he made me feel like I was important, like I had potential. Yeah. And so um, he, yeah, he changed my life because he got me to train hard because he just like told me I could be okay if I. Tra- He's like, I think he literally was like, "You'll get better if you train hard," and I was like. <laughs> Wow. Thank you. That's so nice of you. <laughs> no, but actually he told me he told me he thought I could make the top seven after I ran a five sixteen mile time trial on track. He's like <laughs> I, he's like, You're improving a lot. I think you can make the top seven next year. And you had to run like sixteen minutes for yeah. three miles. So you you need to jump. He was right. And you made the team? That was top seven. That was number one guy. You, oh, you're the number one guy. <laughs> yeah. oh. So uh that, anyway, that's a roundabout way of saying um, it is cool. I think it's cool for, for for me to be able to go back there and be like, I couldn't run one five-minute mile. I started doing this. Like, yeah. I'm not even close. And now I'm going to try to run a lot of them. And that's sweet. Hopefully, like, that gets Coach Vanderson some more good stories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, gets kids to commit to running because that's fun. It's good for them. Yeah. Good for their spirit. Some discipline in their lives. Yeah, and friends too. And friends. Friends are important. Friendship. I, mean, I didn't have any. I have more now. I <laughs> <laughs> <And> with that. <laughs> uh, do you want to answer JC's question? We're going to be done. What's the scalp you're most proud of? Is that a racist thing? I don't. I'm uncomfortable with that phrase. Why? I don't know. It Can refers to so removing the part of some part of person's head. Yeah. It's. I don't like it. You killed them and you took their scalp. Let's get a different. Phrase. But it's pretty good because it's like you defeated them in battle and you took a part of them. Yeah. I'm also a little like it's not, I know, it's not racist. This isn't like the most People motivating think. thing for you like going your race yeah. you're saying, but like it's it's just wrong. Like when people like talk about like the war and like <laughs> like let's be clear, we're not soldiers here. Like <laughs> hot takes guys. Wow. Really, really we're not hot like, takes. Uh who which who is the person that beat me? I mean, Ritz is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I admire Ritz a lot. Have you ever been Bernard? I beat him at 
believe it's something else. I beat it with Peachtree this year because I just wanted way more than in the last 400. <laughs> okay. It was really hot. We were both tired. Yeah. We were fighting for fourth. Okay. And I was just like, I can't lose to him. He's like a big three. Um, yeah. I mean, but he, he's, but those, he's but, immortal. But that's like, yeah. Uh, uh, did you ever beat? Probably, I'd probably, probably take one of those. Like, every Hall or Goucher, like one of the old school, like. I, I, guys. I, I never raced any of those guys. Mm. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I've like beaten some Kenyan dudes and Ethiopian dudes, and like down the least who just like, sure. gave up and went out the back. <laughs> um, and they'd run like twelve forty something, but they weren't trying that day. So yeah, that's yeah, doesn't count. Yeah. All right, I think that's it. Yeah, Chris. Oh yeah, thanks for coming on. Don't take anyone's scalps. Uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in uh, to the Sidious Facebook Live. Good luck to Chris, and we'll be cheering for you. Okay. All right.